What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Facade. I am your host, Gavin J. Gallagher, and on this podcast, I explore the mental and emotional game, often playing out subconsciously, both in your mind and the mind of everyone else in the real estate or property investment market. The key to success in this game is to master your mindset and behavior, to take control of your thoughts, your emotions, and most importantly, your ego. Welcome to the show. Guys, real quick before we begin, just want to ask you a quick favor. If you can, please stop what you're doing and leave a review for the podcast. Whatever platform you're listening in on, if you can give us a five star or whatever the highest rating is, it would be fantastic. And even better, if you found it useful in any way, please write that down on a very brief review if that's possible. It makes such a difference to how the podcast is received out there and pushed out on various platforms. That's all. Nothing else to ask. Now let's get on with the show. Have you ever wondered what it's like to audition for a television show like The Dragon's Den or The Apprentice? Well, my guest this week is going to do exactly that. They're going to just pull back the curtain a little bit and explain his experience back in 2015 when he auditioned for The Apprentice. Now, as it turns out, Richard is a little bit famous for this. He went on to um, make it all the way to the very final boardroom where he was unceremoniously fired by Lord Alan Sugar. But he did make it to the very last, so he was essentially the runner-up back in season 11. That is 2015, so about eight years ago. Now, I have to confess, I never watched that show, and so I didn't know about Richard, I didn't know about any of that kind of stuff. And uh, the only reason I know Richard is because in the last couple of years, I've gotten to know him quite well. We have been working together. He has an online training program called Million Dollar Sprint. And I joined it about, I suppose, one and a half years ago. And I've learned an awful lot from Richard in the process. And so I thought it was a great idea to bring Richard onto the podcast today and just explain what he does and some of his ideas and just some of the learnings he's had and some of the ideas. I think it's going to be very valuable for those of you with ideas about how to start a business. Now, I have to credit Richard with the actual um, giving me the impetus to start my own mastermind, the Elite Property Accelerator that some of you will be aware of. Um, I was talking to Richard. I was kind of like explaining my idea. I'd like to start a mastermind. I'd like to do this. I'd like to do that. And I was explaining how I was going to do it. And I was going to do all of this preparation work. And I was going to do everything. And in a couple of months' time, this would all be ready. Richard quickly sort of put that to bed and he said, Gavin, no. What you do is you basically start it today and you just go out there and say you're looking for people to join up and you make it on the fly and that's how you, these things are done and they're, and they're basically refined over time. And they're not, what you don't want to do is build something and then after you've spent months working on all this, you go out and you try to sell it and nobody is interested. And so you've wasted all that time. There's some great ideas and some great sort of insights from Richard on that. And so sometimes we all need a little bit of a push. And that is exactly what uh, Richard gave me at the time. So guys, without further ado, my conversation with Mr. Richard Woods. Richard Woods, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Kevin. Good to be here. It's great to have you, Richard. And um, I, there's so much I'm like, I want to kind of talk to you about today. Um, we're going to create tons of value for the listener, um, whether it's you know ideas for making money, 
uh, ways that you can use, you know, lead generation and sales and stuff like that to kind of grow your property business. Or there's a lot of people here that would have, you know, trades background or a contractor business or whatever. So that obviously is relevant as well. Um, and also I'm going to be kind of just itching, the, you know, scratching that itch that I have about the curiosity around getting onto The Apprentice and working with Alan Sugar and stuff like that. But before we kind of kick that all off, it's probably best, like, why don't I hand over to you for, you know, the 30-second elevator pitch, just who is Richard Woods and what does he do? So I'm a, basically a marketeer at heart, really. And I, and I love the concept of what gets the phone ringing and inbox pinging with hot new inquiries. It's always been my thing. I've always enjoyed the hunt for an inquiry. And so be that um, back in the day where I was just a graphic designer setting up my business, um, going from kind of retail shop to retail shop, helping them to try and get more shop customers. That's where I sort of first cut my teeth all the way through to uh, running large uh, lead generation campaigns for blue chip companies. Uh, I've always been around that thing that is about lead generation. Um, in the past, I scaled uh, my marketing agency to 28 staff, over a million revenue, sold that, um, flipped onto uh, an opportunity that just came out of the blue to uh, acquire a failing boiler servicing business and uh, um, do do a bit of a turnaround on that. They only had sort of three vans on the road when we, when we got them a heat company and uh, was able to, be able to scale that up to seven vans over a million revenue and then did an exit all within two years that was quite fun that was very much about lead generation so i'm happy to expand out on that if you want to at some point uh gavin in this conversation um and then from there i now run uh, what was originally the lead gen academy so we actually called it the lead generation academy um and then because of covid because that was a very much an in-person kind of mastermind type uh product because of covid we then spun that into more of a online accelerator and went global and so therefore we then changed that to the million dollar sprint and essentially now although we have a hybrid of online and in person uh, which is new for this year uh, we very much work with people to be able to go from some revenue to a million in revenue uh, using very much lead generation and digital sales and marketing essentially brilliant okay well i mean as i mentioned uh, before we kind of started rolling the the vast majority of my audience are kind of interested in the real estate uh, and property investment and stuff like that. But there's absolutely a ton of that kind of, uh, I mean, let's let's go back to your early career. I mean, a young Richard starting out in college. I know that you got involved in, in property investment kind of when you were a student and you managed to do a few HMOs and stuff. Why don't we start there and you can kind of sprinkle in how, you know, lead gen and stuff like that can help in that regard <laughs> well when, when i was at university you know I, I was just doing a business degree and you know we're looking i was looking for a job at the weekend and i quite like going out in the evening so i don't really want a bar job so i tried to find something that was during the day and the local estate agency wanted a saturday person that would go do all the house viewings on a saturday and also ultimately the sunday so um, I took that. So I, I would work both Friday, uh, Saturday and Sunday, just taking people around doing viewings, which was really you know, quite interesting. I started to get look at lots and lots of properties. I thought, crikey, there's there's some decent properties here that aren't going for as much as I thought they would do. And I, and I started to think, well, actually, how could we shift this around to make it more applicable to get more people in it, basically? And of course, I was renting in halls at the time. 
and um, it was coming up to our second year and I was looking to find the who you're going to live with. Um, and I stumbled across the property and thought, this, this looks good. And of course, I knew the, the you know, I, I don't know if it's the same case now, but inside the estate agency, you would have the kind of in-house mortgage broker who was yeah. one guy. And, and this was back in the day where, where they were doing 100% mortgages, you know, God, yeah, yeah. I wish that was like that again. Um, and so as a student and having this kind of personal relationship with this guy, we were able to make... Structure structure I'm gonna leave, yeah structure is a good word because like usually you need to, to get a mortgage normally you need to have an income isn't that right <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so students so it was a bit looser in those days in terms of those forms we submitted especially if you knew the person so anyway long story short I find myself with the keys to this uh this property and um we were able to then also do an unsecured loan on it for another 10 grand as a student as a, a student loan something and so we use that to go do it the place stick my mates in it and therefore my mates then uh the rent from that paid my tuition and my obviously my accommodation uh for the next two years and i still had that property literally up until last year where i sold it uh very it was very emotional actually selling that place but it made sense because of the new property laws and income laws and stuff and yeah. the fact i was doing a big build um at the moment then i just flipped that property and took the took the uh revenue took the profit yeah but took the profit and stuck it into a new deal um in property but i flipped a number of different hmos in that time um and uh because i had a bit of an inside arc on to sort of this stuff coming to the market so um it's definitely doable it's harder now but yeah <laughs> too yeah, yeah. the rules all these damn rules they keep bringing yeah. in <laughs> and tell me this richard i mean just uh, i know to like the first thing I want to kind of because it's it's in front of of most of the stuff we're going to be talking about is just you 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 got successfully applied and got chosen to appear on The Apprentice on BBC with Lord Alan Sugar, like just give us a couple of minutes of what that was like and what was the thinking like was it to grow your profile or why did you decide to do that uh given given your background and stuff i mean the thing the thinking was sure i mean you got you got to kind of cast your mind back so i i had um i came out of university i'd obviously have these properties that i was working with and i just set up a graphic i was doing some graphic design work for people i was just basically trying to help people with lots of different stuff in their business and so i i had some early success and i built sort of a four or five person business I thought I was you know uh the next best thing um and anyway the 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 my wife sitting down watching the tv and I walked through um and I and I just heard this and I was like ah it's the apprentice on again they're all a bunch of arrogant watching McCallits you know I could do so much better than them I can't believe the 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 awful people they put on this show and my wife says well if you think you're so clever you, you go and bloody do it then <laughs> and of course because I did think I was so clever um <laughs> I kind of got myself a little tie pin and a sharp suit and I struck myself up for the auditions uh in London and look 80,000 people apply are you serious every wow. year Eight, 80, it's, a, it's a stadium's worth of people apply for this thing it just make, blows my mind right um and uh when you turn up you know I, I remember going to the first auditions and I think it's like a one-to-one interview and I kind of walk around the corner thinking I'm all sharp and it's around the corner of Tottenham Court Road where the tube station is and turn the corner and it's like something off of the um uh x factor where they've right. got like lines of people all dressed up and an x factor they've got massive hair and shoulder pads and like you know leather jackets and stuff i turn around the corner it's just like this huge 
line of people that look exactly the same with me with the same kind of matching pocket hanky shape and all the rest of it. And I thought I was being, you know, classy because my socks matched my pocket handkerchief, which matched my tie, but everybody else had got that memo that day. And we'd all just, I was like, oh my God, I'm never going to get into this thing. But you go in and 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 it's a it's an actual office spot, and there's these different levels that you go up. So you go from the bottom where you've got to do a a pitch, a right. little bit like the X Factor where you sing in front of the judges. Well, you've got a pitch for 60 seconds on why you want to be North Sugar's apprentice. And oh my god, this 2015 uh, was when I did this. So the 2014. So I can't remember what I said, but it was something along the lines of I'm a walking, talking business in a suit with the passion of a Frenchman and the drive of a German. I've got, um, <laughs> and, and and the stiff upper lip of a true English gen. Oh my God, it's <laughs> as it's coming out my mouth, I want it to come back in again. Um, I've got a business plan to die for. I've even written a 45,000 word book on the subject matter. I will be Lord President, Lord Sugar's apprentice, so put me through to the next round. <laughs> and I, I just come up for air at that moment, like puking into a bucket. What a load yeah. of crap just came out of my mouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, even to this day, I still remember, I don't know, God knows how that happened. Um, but anyway, I got through, awesome. So then you go up to, to the next tier in this and you've got to go do some weird tasks, like put up some flat pack furniture in front of a camera. And then you go up to another bit, which is like speed dating. And you've got to talk to all these different little um, production people who ask you right. questions. Like if you're going to be a type of animal, what animal would you be? Or if you're going to be a person in history, what person would you be? And you give all these different answers. And then finally they put you into a mock boardroom at the top and do a, uh, um, do a kind of synopsis of your business plan and kind of tear it apart and see how you get on. Anyways, it was just exhausting. Absolutely. A whole day, like basically. Isn't a it? whole day, a whole wow. day. And yeah. then and then after there's a t- two other weekends full of auditions and stuff, but you whittles it down. So that's like, you know, loads of people all the way through to a few people, three, two to about 25 people in the final audition that they then finally do a, uh, a final cull and you get this phone call. On, on the phone they're like right we 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 would like to put you through and you're kind of like yeah <laughs> <laughs> but trying to play it cool like we're going to send a, a car for you next week and we're picking you up on thursday you know and you'll be gone for three months three and months like, oh, shit. <laughs> so how do we do with that um anyway next thursday comes around on the wednesday before the thursday me getting picked up by his car and my wife comes in with a clear blue pregnancy test going no way i'm pregnant <laughs> and you're off for three months i'm off and i was like well i hope i don't see you next week because i don't want to get fired but you know you might have to deal with some of this morning sickness stuff and the rest of it on your own and we just had that was our second so she only we had one who was already under one at that point so she's dealing with being pregnant and a a, you know under one year old uh in the household and i'm off gallivanting around london after lord sugar and doing all these tasks and stuff and she's kind of catching up and what people don't realize you you're literally there for the whole time you get one phone call home a week they don't allow you to talk and they listen to that phone call so you don't say anything about it oh yeah you can't give away any of the plot anything anything. so like you know my i did like nine and a half minutes of my wife telling me you know that i'm awful person believing 
<laughs> me apologizing and then listening and like, in on this 30 yeah. seconds of me going it's going all right i'm kind of getting through this and getting all the way through to the final and ultimately i did get through to the final round and uh unfortunately just missed out but um it was it was a wonderful experience and, and lots of lots of fun and and would you have actually spent like a year is that isn't that what you get the winning prize is like a year working for lord sugar like or something like that it used used to be the case um but two years before i applied for it um they changed it to a two hundred and fifty thousand pound investment and oh, okay 50 50 business partnership because i would oh, never okay. buy it if it was a job because yeah, i was yeah. in business i never knew that i knew that i wasn't going to go and work um you know under him i'd i'd happily go into business with him so hence why i applied um okay. and it wasn't really for the money at that stage because my business was profitable but it was more the the cachet of having sugar when you're trying to open doors for me yeah yeah you know could you just imagine the kind of a opportunity that comes your way uh when you've got him as your business partner i don't yeah. really we had a ton of great press. My, my business really exploded from being on the show, um, but it would have done it would have done even better uh, if, if you'd I'll, gone through. Yeah, if Sugar was on my shoulder. Wow, that's a great story. I mean, tell us. I mean, so the learnings from that, like you took a, you know, you got. You made it to the to the final, but you didn't get through to the final thing. So, what was like the next week after that? Like when you're kind of on the, you know, the downward slope from the kind of excitement of it all, but you're now sort of okay. Well, what am I going to do with all of this experience and uh, and this profile that I've got the benefit of now? Yeah, um, it, it's very much a case of thinking about well, what, what am I going to. What am I? What am I going to put out there and try and work on? And the people that I was in there with made the mistake of thinking that they want to go and go into the Big Brother house or go into the jungle, and they were all doing all the red carpet stuff. And you do get a little bit kind of um, like the shiny glitter, and you start to go after it, right? Uh, and uh, there was, you know, calls for 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 me doing other shows, and there was. Um, uh, there was kind of like the the um, uh, what's the blooming thing with the they're all out there Lo- Love Island. So there's like Lo- Love Island people were mixing with the Apprentice people and there's okay, yeah. tension and stuff and uh, and you're kind of you know you're 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 seeing your social media followings like rattle through the roof and luckily at that moment as it was going down there I suddenly realised when I was weighing up these options I was like. It's not who I am. I'm I'm a business person. I went on The Apprentice with the business show because I wanted to win the business opportunity. If I go into the Big Brother house and sit there making a fool of myself for X amount of time, it's not that I'm worried because, you know, my brand has been damaged more times than I can remember. I can deal with that. But it's just the distraction and the yeah, not, yeah. it's just not where. But I'm, it's not core. It's not a core, like, to yeah. your to your business. I mean, and yeah, no, you- I can see. Uh, it's Now that you've said it, I can completely see how, that would work. It's like there's people that are there not for the business, but for the celebrity of it. And yeah. it's kind of like, look at me, look at me. I'm on TV now and all this kind of nonsense. And and yeah, no, no, that's I think yeah, obviously a wise decision moving on. But um, I mean, and so you, you never know. I mean, I I, I could be, I, I, you know, if I carried on that way, I would have been on the front cover of men's health or something like that Gavin it could have been a bad decision but I think it was a good decision <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 well I mean I can imagine Love Island I think your wife your your pregnant yeah, oh, yeah, wife that was had a, an issue that was a hard no <laughs> yeah for sure for sure <laughs> so tell us Richard I mean just moving to you know uh, we've obviously got a lot of listeners who you know they want to they want to invest in property 
But the big question I keep on getting is like, how do you get started? Because there's this big deposit that you need to kind of figure out how to kind of raise that. And so clearly you got some ideas on, on how to actually make money without going off and getting a job. You know, it's what can you do if you're a young, say, let's say either a young person who's starting out or like a tradesperson contractor who has a business that's there at the moment, but maybe it's not kicking out with enough cash to actually start kind of putting putting a, a, a substantial deposit together to go and buy your first property or whatever. Yeah, I, th- I think but I'd approach the two in, in slightly different ways. So obviously, with my experience with the boiler business, um, there are some really easy, easy, I mean, you know, everything takes work, but there's some simple methods to be able to flip from being a one-person band to a company. Uh, we can tackle that one in a second. But in terms of just, you know, someone that's looking that goes, oh, I'd like to get into property, want to be an investor in property, but um, I kind of just, you know, I'm, I'm working just a normal job and, and or I'm so busy. And I think the point being is that we, we all have skills and stuff that we're passionate about. We have things that other people potentially might be interested in buying. And I, I'm always um, a big lover of thinking about wh- what is the thing that you could go and sell. So for example, if you were going to have to go on and sell an hour of your time to do something, how could you maximize that hour of time so people would pay the most amount for it? So when I started out, it was because I could go and design them a little logo. And so therefore, my time that spent an hour of it is not like the 14 quid an hour that I get in McDonald's if I was working, but I could charge someone 200 pounds for a logo and I'd probably do that in an hour, right? Happy days. Um, And so that was the skill that I could go and develop over time at work. Or if you think that you're you're not quite there in terms of doing something like logo design, we'll find someone that is. So for example, Fiverr.com, is an amazing website that you can go onto. You can find people that will do logo design or they'll do copywriting for you or they'll build websites for you or whatever it is. And if you were to be able to find someone that you find a good supplier on there and then go out into the marketplace and actually go and talk to other people and say, hey, yeah, no problem at all. We, you know, My company could produce a website for you. Um, I just charge you 500 quid to be able to do that. You go find a person on Fiverr who will do it for 50 quid. And then before you know, you make 150 quid, right? And it's just, you're, you're, a, you're a person that can trade that skill. You become a bit more of a trader of skills, right? And that's when you really have that business mindset. Now you do that, you know, five or six times, you get you know, uh, say five five clients who have paid you sort of 500 quid for that, great, it's two and a half grand. But actually it's not the two and a half grand upfront fee that's the nice bit. It's the fact you can go say to them, okay, now we've got the website. Can I charge you a hundred pounds a month? And what we'll do, we'll do some updates. We'll do a little bit of maintenance. Now we've got 500 pound recurring. So actually instead of, you know, this, this work that you're thinking about in terms of building a property to get a recurring revenue model, you could actually build some websites, think of them as little houses, and then get a recurring income model from that until you build up the pot enough to then go and take digital. We, all, we talk about this all the time. Make money in digital assets or, or online or, or in services and then take the yield and the profit from that, chuck it into bricks and mortar. And yeah. that's what I've done really, really well. I've made money in the in this kind of online space that you can make money out of nowhere. And I've siphoned it into proper assets, proper brick and mortar. That's where my pension sits. You know, that's where my, my home is. You know, my, my model is to have all of these lovely actual in physical things, proper homes, proper buildings, proper investments paid down. 
happy days and you know using siphoning that money from the digital space and so you can pop these things that literally out of nowhere those little kind of trades you just have to be able to pitch these things into the world and generate those leads and so how would you do that well there is a ton of business networking groups you can go to. I mean, even in the property world, groups like PIN and et cetera, there's, there's all these sort of property networking groups you could go to. Well, you're probably already going to those if you're thinking about property or you should be or whatever they are. Um, and then once you start to go and network in that world or even the Facebook groups, the free Facebook groups, you'll meet people and then you'll start to hear about, well, maybe they need websites. So maybe you could do these sort of property-related services yeah. into those groups because you're already there. And so that's where your audience is. It's the people that are the closest to you that you're already probably sitting on the opportunities that you could go sell some of these services to. So that's how I'd kind of make money out of thin air, into, you know, but keeping it in the property game. If you're a tradie and you're just going from wanting to go from one to, to many – what you've got to do is you've got to inundate yourself with inquiries. And most problems with um, tradespeople that I noted when I was asking this business is that they just weren't able to effectively handle inbound leads, right? So if I'm phoning because my my boiler's just packed up, right, and it's November, I'm I'm gonna you know the first thing that's coming to me in terms of fixing it. I'm 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 all over that. So I make two or three phone calls. If the first two calls don't pick up. I don't think, well, you know, I'll wait a couple of minutes and I'll phone that first one back again. I'll phone the next one on the list, don't I? I'll phone the next one on the list. Yeah, yeah, just and move so on. The person who picks up wins. And so most of these guys have their mobiles. They all divert to their mobiles, right? And so we just put a call answering service on. So we had a 24-7 call answering service that could pick up these inquiries. Well, hi, how can we help? And then the other innovation we had because lots of trades guys will go, okay, don't worry, I'll come out and have a look at it, and then I'll give you a quote. Well, what we did is we installed a, um, a call-out charge, like 100% call-out. So the our, our, our third party, our virtual telephone system, there's there's a call, there's some good companies out there. Um, happy, if anyone wants to reach out to me, I, I can introduce the people that we used to use. Um, but there's a call, virtual call answering service. They take the call. Then what you do is you create a website and that website is capable of taking a diary booking and a payment on the website. It's so important. So you have your diary that's synchronized with the website diary, which can be easily driven through Google Google Docs, basically, your, your Google um, diary, calendar, et cetera, right? Um, it queries your diary, sees that there's a space next um, tomorrow at nine o'clock. And it then says, great, no problem at all. And we used to charge 98 quid for a call out. So the people go, right, I'm going to book that call out for an hour. 98 quid, job done, paid, right? So we had organic traffic just hitting our website, paying for our call outs. But if someone phoned our number, it means that our call answering people can just go onto our website and take a payment on the phone using the website. Yeah, so it yeah. felt like they were just booking it straight into the diary and bam. So before you know it, you are literally got your your you're up to your elbows in 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 a boiler fixing it somewhere, and you just have a vibration on your phone. And that was someone that just ordered a call out because their boiler broke and you're there tomorrow morning at nine. That, that is honestly like that's 90% of what we did to get us from that company that was going bust at about 200 grand to a million in revenue. And I flogged it. And it's, that's 90% 90 of the innovation 
just there. So wow, just so simple stuff. Yeah, you, and you I mean, use deals. Speed kills kills sales. So yeah, yeah. You, you just got to boom, boom, boom. You know, whoever books the deal gets it. And tell me this, just uh, on the the, the ninety eight pounds. I mean, that that's for you to call out and see what the problem is. Yeah, uh, and if you could fix it there and then, would you do exactly. that? Yeah, hey, oh, but- exactly. So, so the the concept was, um, it's so 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 we used to have a bit of pushback on this. So we so we would so they'd phone up and they'd say, "Oh my my boiler's not working." We say, "No problem at all. We could get you. Uh, we could probably get you there, an engineer there tomorrow morning at nine o'clock." Oh, great. Okay, cool. Um, the cost for the call out would be 98 quid. If we can fix it within the first hour, that's fine. You're paying for the, the whole of the first hour. If we fix it in five minutes, well, we, we can't resell that slot. So it is still 98 quid because, you know, it's there. But obviously, we came there and fixed it, right? So problem solved. No problem. Um, but if it is going to need more than an hour or we're going to need to go and quote for parts, then our engineer will let you know at a time and we'll give you a quote for parts. And then the other pieces that then we got them to pay up front for that part and the next bit of there. And again, so we didn't have any bad debt and all wow, the money yeah. was upfronted. So when it got to the end of the month, when we need to pay our engineers salaries, we'd already had 100% of the cash before we even get there. And so we became cash flow positive as well, which was another problem why that company went under. Interesting. Yeah, fascinating. Well, I mean, Richard, in terms of just, you know, what you do today, and I don't mind letting everybody know that, like, you're, you're the person who basically pushed me into creating my, 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 my mastermind and my coaching business. We were chatting like this, and you kind of said, you know, Gavin, here's how you would do it, bang, bang, bang. And I sort of said, okay, let's do that, you know, and, <laughs> and, and next minute we're up and running and we have a couple of guys signed up and stuff. And, you know, you, you have a lot of people that are doing that kind of thing. Like, t- take us through your process. Um I mean, you know, for for somebody, uh, you know, that is either in the business, in a contracting business or whatever like that, or somebody who can sell kind of like, you know, time for expertise or knowledge or whatever it is, like, what would be the process that you would kind of suggest for them based on yeah. what you're doing? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, you're, you, you're, you're obviously a, a dream example because you you had built an, an audience, you, you're passionate about what you're doing, you're highly credible and, and you know, people therefore... Uh, wanting to learn from you was a logical uh logical next step for your audience um so so there's a couple of steps so so one there's around kind of building an audience so you want to make sure that people are aware of you we, we kind of have this four-step sequence that we say to people you need to bring awareness consideration convert and deliver so awareness consider convert deliver and that is formed a piece of building awareness so let's let's start there so um Using you as an example, uh, you have a fantastic uh, outreach on, say, say you're building LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever the social media channels are. I know you're smashing a bit of TikTok at the moment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so just putting out some, some content, sharing some photos, starting to talk about I am wanting to say, uh, you know, I'm in property. I'm talking about property. Or if uh, if I wanted to sell uh, a, a mastermind about building a boiler servicing business, I would start showing people, oh, this is the thing that I'm doing and, and just sharing my day to day. Like, here's me, you know, with one of my engineers doing this or you doing a picture of you on a site where you've got a development going on. That builds awareness. So I'm now going Gavin equals property. OK, so it's kind of subliminal. Then the next stage is consideration. This is where we need them to start to take action. So when you start to say to people, okay, I've launched my my next episode of my podcast, interviewing that dashing young man, Richard Woods, 
and it's just being launched <laughs> and your subscribers drop. No, I understand. Um, <laughs> but you, when you start saying, right, I've got this next podcast coming up, we're going to be talking about this bit of property and that bit of property. Now, not only am I um, reinforcing the fact that property is my thing, I'm giving people an option to take action and that's to consider you. So that's them coming into um, a place where they're learning from you. So I'm now getting something for free from you. So I'm getting all this great advice for a podcast or I might come along to your event or I might kind of join a Facebook group that you've got, whatever that consideration piece is. It usually is something like a, a, a little virtual event or an in-person event or a podcast or a, a community, but something where someone's in. Maybe they've even just downloaded some sort of special guide that you've done, but I put my hand up and said, yes, I was interested. So that's consideration. I'm considering you as being a, an expert. The next piece is move someone to convert. So if you do a call to action and say, right, guys, I've got a, another five spaces on a, or, or actually let's think about you you asked the question about launching it so to launch once you get to that stage you say right guys for 2023 um, at the end of march we're launching our new you know property elite accelerator or we're launching you know our boiler servicing business mastermind or whatever it is that you're you're doing um i'm looking for uh the first 10 people who want to join me the nice thing about it is those first 10 people are going to get a half price deal so register for a strategy session one-to-one -one with me to discuss your business and whether or not you'd be a good fit for our accelerator or our mastermind whatever it is so you get a load of people booking into a call with you and then that becomes when they trash you for consider to convert where they actually go and learning from you for free to I'm kind of interested in maybe starting to do some of this premium special stuff um and then you have those calls with them and then of course you you sell them in those calls you say great you give them the special offer and then bam um you go into deliver and that's where you put together a program for deliver um and those programs can be really quite simple so so a simple structure that you could have is you could have an online course with a drop-in clinic so maybe you do like one or two drop-in clinics a week and a little group and so in there you can have your online courses your drop-in clinics in your group and that just means that people can go and learn from you and talk to you and network with other people like you all in one way so we talk we talk about it as the three c's of delivery so that's around having your course your community and your clinic so right. drop-in clinics community course and that's how you can deliver a nice mastermind type program. And it works very well as well. I've noticed, I mean, uh, obviously I've started my own and it's been quite effective, but also I was part of yours and obviously, you know, you've grown yours nicely and uh, it's it's great. I mean, I wanted to just ask you, a lot of the stuff that I talk about is, is mindset, behavior, habits and stuff like that. Can you take us through just, you know, some of your thoughts around that? I mean, is there any particular behaviors or habits that you've kind of found to be super useful in growing your business? Yeah, we, we have um, this this kind of process called TNAD um, within the Million Dollar Sprint, which is around try it, nail it, automate it, delegate it. And, and that's what we've seen when we've done anything, you know. And um, so say, for example, you're like, oh, I'm not sure if I want to do a podcast or I want to do a live event. Well, choose one and TNAD it. And so what we mean by that is say, say you want to do a podcast. Well, look, try, try the podcasting, okay? So just do a couple of episodes. Right, once you feel like it's working well and you're getting subscribers and downloads and the acid test will be that people are actually commenting and saying, oh, I really like that, that's awesome. And you, you, you see that, that's nailing it. Then what you do is you can use a load of automation tools. So if there's ways that you can get your guests invites automated through like email invites, or if you can get your podcast editing kind of 
um, sorted or using clever tools for that. any kind of subscription tools and stuff. Don't you don't pay for those at the start. Only pay for premium tools once you know it's working, right? Because otherwise yeah. you're just going to spend lots of costs. And then finally delegate it. So although you might not be able to delegate the actual, you know, Hosting, Gavin, yeah. Gavin part of the show, because that would kind of spoil it, right? Um, but you could definitely delegate the the um, confirming guests, the editing, the uploading, the marketing of it, the distribution of it. There's loads that other people could do for you. So by the time that you finish a teen ad on podcast, you're literally just rocking up for an hour to interview someone and then going again and knowing the whole thing's going to be done for you. And that's been a great moment. doesn't matter if it's doing ads or uh, podcast or whatever it is, you know, even just a, even if you're a property developer and it's a new new way of kind of sourcing properties, you yeah. can still teen at it, you know, it, 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 that stands the test of time in all industry sectors. And what's your mindset around the, the whole sales process? I mean, a lot of people... There's, I had a friend of mine, Mark, on uh, not rec- not too far back, and he was talking about the fact that you have to develop a thick skin because there's going to be a lot of rejection. And I mean, so explain, you know, your mindset around this process. Yeah, I think so. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep on trying to relate this back into, into property as well, because we work with a number of people who are sources. Uh, for example, and we've got a few different strategies that we teach sources um, to be able to really generate uh, a great buyers list um, for for their properties, uh, which I'm happy to expand out in, in a bit. But um, but ultimately, we 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 say look, break your year down into ninety day stints. So if you say in twelve months time, I want to be earning you know um, twenty grand a month, you know, and I want to come into my bank account twenty grand a month, right? So that's when I want to start now. Then if you can say, well, that's that run rate of 20 grand a month is month 12, and we are currently at five grand a month. Now, in the first 90 days, don't try and hit 20 grand a month, just maybe get up to 10 grand, then you know, uh 12 and a half grand, then 15, etc. And you 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 start to go up there. Fine. So now we set targets. So now once we know that we want to get 10 grand a month in the first 90 days, or on the third month in the first 90 days, we want to hit 10 grand a month. Um, so then what we want to do is then know, well, how many leads do you need to make the appointments to therefore be able to sell your product to actually pitch? And then how many sales do you need? So if you know that you need five sales in a month to be able to make that money, then know that actually if you do a two to one conversion rate, that means you need to do 10 pitches to be able to make five sales. So to help you then get in the right mindset, that means five people every month is going to say no to you. Yeah. That's fine. You've already counted for that. So so the rejection is just part of the process. If I know half the pitches I do are going to be no's and therefore a complete bloody waste of my time, then the only way I can justify that time is because I know that half of them won't be there, you know, and I've already accounted for that. And, and so my, my task in my funnel is to know, one, to set my acceptable target for no's. And then once I've set that acceptable target for no, then I can have a little game to try and actually beat my target. So yeah, say yeah. actually I do 10 pitches and six say yes. That's like, oh yeah. I'm not getting <laughs> cut up because four people said no. I'm like, yes, four people said no. Yeah, hey, yeah. Who's the daddy? Like, you know, and so that you kind of, you're delighted with four people saying no. 
And it's just, therefore, it's just the game. And numbers, it's all about numbers. We, we call it maths and balls. That's the things that we have at the start of Million Dollar Sprint Accelerator. You put the maths together for the year, for the 90-day plan, and then you've got the balls to deliver it. And it's all about then the little game of, did I get the right amount of leads? Did I make the amount of sales? Did I have the right campaigns going? And if you are, you're celebrating. Yeah, and but it just, I mean, the, the, the five to 10 kind of reference that you made there, it's probably more like, you know, 30 to, to five or something like that in, in reality. So you got to throw the net out. Maybe you'll get a hundred leads. Maybe you'll get 30 calls out of that. And out of those 30 calls, you might get five that I'll actually kind of sign up or whatever. So uh, yeah, I get it. So obviously that means that 95 people have kind of like decided, no, sorry, I'm not interested or whatever. Yeah. The, the best advice that you've received yourself over the years, I mean, where, you know, give us an idea of what that would be. Yeah, I I love um, the it's, it's it's I mean I wasn't directly given this advice, but it's a it's a beautiful quote by a man that was well and truly gone by the time I was born. Um, his name is John Wanamaker, and he's the original Mister Selfridge, right? So he he had oh, yeah. department stores before Mister Selfridge was was even on the scene, right? So he was out in uh, I think it was Pennsylvania in the US uh, and in the 18 something hundreds and he he was the first person to do uh, advertising on the side of Porsche drawn carriages right so he was the first person to come up with that idea well you know sandwich boards like the bloke yes you know, sandwich board? he invented that so oh, wow. okay. kind of there. and he used to put carol concerts on inside his department store which is the first time there was like in department store entertainment to bring the masses in right he used to have little art gallery expeditions so amazing innovator of the marketing world so a real hero of mine and his great um quote was i know half the money i spend on advertising works the trouble is i don't know which half <laughs> and i really love that saying because it kind of is impossible when you're doing sandwich boards and mass marketing but where I love that quote is it's a challenge because in 2023 and beyond, there's no way we should not know which half works because I know exactly what works in my marketing. I know exactly what every single penny does. And I would I would guarantee you that 90% of the people I see in, 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 my, in the world of entrepreneurship have no idea how much their money and, and, and how much their time yields in terms of advertising. And so therefore tracking, having bespoke landing pages for stuff tracking leads where opportunities come from and not just saying you know where did you hear about us and they go google you know right okay but, yeah yeah you know, was it was it this campaign or that going but you know so by actually having the, the 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 data allows you to start to play your business like it is uh, a musical instrument and just being able to redirect time and energy and money into to the, the ones that, that make different. the most sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes a lot of sense. All right. Because I know, remember the day, like, you know, putting an ad in the paper or something like that, and it'd be like five grand or something like that for something. And you had no idea how many people looked at it, how many people, like, you knew how many phone calls you got, I guess. But at least nowadays with, you know, the, the likes of online stuff, you know, how many clicks that you get and, and, and whether it's successful or not. Um, you've written a book yourself. Um, uh, tell us about your book, um, because I know the Digital Trailblazer, but you also did a, another one. Or, or mm, two, yeah, I've just about to launch my third one, actually, called Million Dollar Sprint, which is around our our current process. Um, so that will be out um, in sort of February, end of February, beginning of March 2023. Um, the 
The, uh, the concept around uh, digital trailblazers was about climbing a mountain, hitting your business growth mountain. So it was about helping people to kind of plan their 12-month ascent. Then how do you sell more to existing customers? How do you find new customers? How do you raise your profile? And then finally, how do you do that final push to the top of the mountain where you might, you might be having an, an okay year, but how do you actually make sure you hit the target? So that's all about that different journey. Now, the uh, the second book I did was was around Brexitpreneurship. And I was a complete Remainer. I was like, you know, this is ridiculous. And to be honest with you, I wanted to grow my business. I didn't want this rocky sea that was kind of... Brexit. Yeah, yeah. Nightmare. I wrote a book out of frustration to help as many people that were maybe like me that kind of thought, well, this is just crap. But what's the point is in crying over spilt milk? How do we now win from Brexit? And the whole point of it is that how do you win from Brexit? And it was a concept around, um, you know, coming from... A UK perspective of how there's all these different um, uh, opportunities to get involved in these uh, export grants and loans that are out there, how um, the embassy system, the UK has a very strong embassy network that nobody utilizes. That So if you want to export, you could go through all these different international embassies. Um, and just there was a load of deep diving in it that, that was really great. And it was an excellent book. The only problem is there's this thing called COVID that kind of completely... Oh, yeah cocked up my cut up all my launching and stuff on it anyway it went to bestseller at the time but it kind of had a very small leg and although we're paying the hangover of brexit now and we'll do for a long time i'm sure but um the book itself and, and really just you know my my gusto behind it was was kind of diminished but you know that's a great book and, and of course now um i'm positioning myself more Globally, so um, I don't. Yeah, I'm, I, I've stopped watching the news. I don't care about politics anymore. It just I've decided to just kind of be more global focused, and, and so yeah. therefore Brexit shouldn't be too much of an issue. For sure, the news is just a complete waste of your time. Like you know, what's the point of being? You know, okay, yeah, I know the news. I know the current affairs. What's going on? But like, what's the value to me? None. Um, we're, 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 I, I'm, I'm conscious of the time, Richard, just watching the, the clock there. I mean, in terms of other books, is there any particular books that you would recommend anybody who's kind of like thinking of starting a business or I, I know the one thing is I have it here and I know you've referenced it before. Is there any other books that are uh, particularly useful? Yeah. I mean, uh, the one thing just quickly really changed my world because um, I had five businesses um, that I was running and I was burning out. I had the boiler business, the marketing agency. Um, I had the property stuff. I had another website design company and I had my coaching stuff. And I was just like, whoa, big teams all over the place. There's lots of people, uh, lots of responsibility. And and I went on an actual retreat with the, the guy that runs the, the one thing or wrote it um, and came out of that change of mind and, and actually sold four out of my five businesses within 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 sort of six months of being on that and it was just a it, they were all sold at good value it was, it was actually done all pre-covid it was all good uh market to to sell um and that was purely because it was a case of you can be so much more powerful and do so much more by just knocking over one domino and one domino at a time actually focusing on just one real important laser target thing so so we we i don't think about it to one thing is that we 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 teach people to go, what's the one social media channel that you're awesome at, that your audience is hanging out on? Be there. What's the one thing that you're going to tell them to go and consider you? So it's the podcast. Be 
bloody awesome at podcasts like you are, Gavin. And then what's the one thing that you're going to do in terms of actually converting people from the consideration asset? Well, have a strategy session. And then what's the one thing you're going to sell them? Well, if it's going to be that um, mastermind, just have one. Don't have you know lots of multiple little things all over the place because it will just stretch you too thinly yeah so that's been a fantastic um motivator for me to be able to grow and also to help clients really get momentum behind their doing because it just simplifies things and you know exactly where you are going to take people you know where people are in your world so that uh, that, that's the one that's the one yeah you know it's it's a good thing i actually heard somebody saying that once um you know, people kind of this this whole kind of hustle porn, as they call it, and it's like you know, oh, I'm a ser- serial entrepreneur, and a, but a serial entrepreneur. Somebody explained this, and I thought it was very well done. Is that it's that it's starting a business, building it up, selling it, and then starting another business. Mm-hmm. It's not having five businesses at the same time. Do you know what I mean? That's a parallel entrepreneur. <laughs> so it's kind of like you know, you end up. I, I, I think that's brilliant because because actually the, the point it goes, but Richard Branson can. And you go, no, he's a serial investor because yes. he, he first finds someone to create a business with and lets that person run it and he puts the money in and then his, and he lends them the brand and then he hops to another one. So he's actually investing in those things. So he's not, yeah, he's, he's not, not there. Like all he does is he shows up to kind of cut the ribbon sometimes and whatever. And, and that's exactly. the kind of, you know, yeah. but that's it. Yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. Uh, Richard, in terms of some of the final questions I like to ask, I mean, the best, like, well, we were talking about the best advice. What about you have an opportunity to speak to a young Richard Woods who's only finishing college and knowing now what you know, what's your advice to that young lad? Yeah, I think it's... um... I think it's about playing a bit of a longer game. I think we can all try and go for quick wins and we can all try and make things happen too quickly. And and it's about compounding interest is something that your property people will will understand, but it's also compounding time. But the point is, if you're trying to put time left, right, center, all the rest of it, then you won't compound because you're just accessing it the whole time. If you go, right, I'm going to have this one thing, I'm going to set, you know, if I put my mind on the fact that I'm going to go and, um do a do a hustle to be able to sell websites to be able to build a pot of cash and then that pot of cash i'm going to buy my first buy to let right and if that's the thing you're going to do just go after that and just know right i need 50 grand and that means i need to sell you know uh 20 websites and have x amount of retained income off the back of it for three years and therefore I'll have my 50 grand of it. If you can do it, it's great. When I first tried to do it, I tried to do everything I could to try and get one that, that month, that one. And what happens is you, you just get yourselves into um, overstretched or overfinanced or in a position where it doesn't work as well as you wanted to do. Yeah. Whereas making that decision that you're going to actually build until you get that pot and then do it the right way then then that will just keep you focused. And I, I think it's just all around focus, around focus, making a plan, keeping to it, and, and being really dogged. The people that have been, that have, all the people that everybody idolizes are people that have just been going after one thing. That's what made their name because they were determined. And then they probably got fancy after that and they're doing all this other stuff. But people genuinely will be, be targeting that one thing first. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's it's good advice. Um, 
uh, yeah, because otherwise you spread yourself too thin and like, you know, you've only got so much energy and time and things like that. In in terms of the property context, what I've always sort of said is patience and discipline. And you talk about, you know, compounding and stuff like that. And that's the thing is, is if you go out there, try and invest in a property, you know, and really ramp it up and, and ramp up the process really quick, you can find that you've overstretched yourself and you're way out over your skis. And then suddenly, as we are now going through the interest rate hikes, you're suddenly unable to kind of afford it, you know, because you've got no equity built up in the mm-hmm. in the business. Um, Richard, we're we're coming to the end of it. I, tell us if somebody wanted to learn more about you, reach out, or whatever. Like, what's the best way to find you? Yeah, I think the the I mean, the best thing to do is is to jump onto. Uh, I mean, people are genuinely interested in lead generation. You know, growing a business. We we work kind of coaches consultants marketeers course creators and agencies um so that's kind of our our niche and we help them to be able to grow their business uh to a million in revenue so that's my sweet spot right um so if you're if you are in that category or interested in that category i run a free event every single wednesday at 9 a.m called the marketing roundtable if you just check out million dollar sprint my website you'll see a tab at the top that says the marketing roundtable jump into there, register, um, and you can just access all free videos, free content. Go for it. Sounds good, Richard. Excellent. I'll, I'll go and put a, a link in the show notes so that people can find that anyway. But um, Richard, you've got another call to jump onto, so I'm going to let you go. But it's been a great pleasure having you on and uh, super helpful. And I wish you the best of luck with everything. Fantastic. Thanks, Gavin. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Behind the Facade. If you have any questions or topics you'd like me to cover in future episodes, please connect with me via the Facebook group that is called Behind the Facade Community. Alternatively, you will find me on social media. My handle is Gavin J. Gallagher. You can stay up to date with all of my content and the various projects I'm working on over on my website, GavinJGallagher.com. And while you're there, please do add your name to the join my tribe thing over on the right hand side this will ensure you're kept up to date via my weekly newsletter all of these links are in the show notes below that's all for now i will see you guys in the next episode